Good morning. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. Our service this morning will be led by the Senior High School Youth Group. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning and welcome persons of all religions, ethnic and racial origins, sexual orientations, abilities, and other circumstances. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there is a spark of the divine in every human. In the spirit of that heritage, greet each person to your right and left and welcome them here this morning. Join me in saying the words by which we light our chalice, which are written in your orders of service. Love is the spirit of this church and service in its laws. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Thank you. Those were the days when I used to get up late, never cared about the day and date. All I ever did was play with molding, with building blocks and molding clay. Now I keep stumbling to find a way to bring back my childhood days. Used to write the alphabet with white chalks on a slate, waved a silly goodbye every day to the dog roaming in front of my gate. Now I keep stumbling to find a way to bring back my childhood days. Near the corner of the park at the end, we fought tiny wars with our friends. We're so carefree, never had to pretend. Had all the food and lunches our mothers would send. Now I keep stumbling to find a way to bring back my childhood days. Though it's impossible, I'd like to try to press a button and go back in time. Far from the business of loss and gain, away from the feelings of grief and pain. To be that naughty girl once again, to live that good life once again. People often ask what holds Unitarian Universalists together. We all come find inspiration in different religions. Judaism, Christianity, Paganism, Buddhism, Hinduism, and many others. As Unitarian Universalists of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, we find unity in our mission statement, which we will say together. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. For the story for all ages, so I would like to welcome all of the young and the young at heart up to the stage for a story known as The Little Seed. Well, today's story is about growing, and you are all growing right now. Once upon a time, there were four seeds who were all very good friends. One day, the wind scooped them up and carried them out from underneath their mother tree and dropped them off in a jungle clearing together. They stayed there for a bit, hidden on the ground, and hoped that one day they'd be able to come to become great, beautiful trees. When the first seeds started to grow, though, they realized it might not be such an easy task. In that clearing, there lived a group of monkeys, and the littlest monkeys liked to throw bananas at any seed they noticed was starting to grow. They threw so many bananas at that first seed that he was almost split in two. When he went back and told the other seeds what had happened, they all decided that it would be better if they just waited until those monkeys left to start growing. All except for one, that is. One little seed thought that she had to at least attempt it, right? And when she tried, she was pelted with bananas and was left over just folded in two. The other seeds got together and asked her to stop trying, but that little seed was completely determined to become a tree. 
Every time she tried, though, the monkey's aim got a little bit better, and she was left doubled over once again. But C didn't give up. Every time they pelted her with bananas, she tried even harder, despite her friends asking her to stop and telling her to just wait until the monkeys left. And so, for days and weeks and months even, the little plant was attacked by the monkeys. She always ended stooped and doubled over. For a few days, she would manage to avoid them, but then the next day, some monkey would hit her and it would all start over again. But then, one day, she didn't double over. She was hit by a banana, and then another. But none of them managed to make her stoop. What had happened was that she had been hit so many times, been doubled over so many times, that she was full of hard knots and scars that helped her to grow tall and strong. So her slim trunk got thicker and more resistant until it could withstand the impact of a whole banana. And she had been trying for so long that her roots were all spread out in the ground, and the monkeys couldn't come over and pull her out. Thanks to the extraordinary strength of her trunk, she could keep growing and overcoming all the difficulties, till she became the most majestic tree in that jungle. Because despite all the odds, she decided to grow. Let's go back to when the days were counted not in numbers, but by discoveries. Small fingers outstretched to the sky, trying to get a grasp on this world, one experience at a time, asking questions without answers. Your favorite word was always, why? Why? Punctuated with intensely curious eyes, your head cocked slightly to the side, expecting a response even when there wasn't one to give. Minds full of fairy dust, wide eyes of wonderlust, never knowing what life had in store for us. Back to when you had perpetually paint-stained hands, dirt under fingernails, hair tangled by the wind, mud stains on your new dress. Don't tell mom, but you always liked it better like that anyway, said it reminded you of chocolate milk. And everyone knows there is nothing on this earth better than chocolate milk. Back to when we gazed at the stars so long, our eyes themselves began to twinkle. We took to staring contests during the days to share our galaxies. We woke up early to watch the sun paint the sky like a canvas. Pink-stained clouds never ceased to take our breath away, call us crazy. But we thought it beat Cartoon Network any day. We stayed up past our bedtimes to wave the moon goodnight and search the sky for the Big Dipper and Orion's Belt. They were the only constellations we knew, but the way our eyes lit up when we saw them made them the only ones we needed. Back to when wonder was our only motive. We dived in headfirst not because we had courage, but because we didn't know to be scared yet. Back to when we rolled down the windows just to taste the wind without fear of ruining our hair. And daydreaming was a common pastime, not a waste of it. When we were more than just people, we were heroes and pirates and wizards and royalty. We soared through storm clouds and danced with dandelions. Our heartbeat was the only music we ever needed, and every raindrop was proof that magic really did exist. Bedtime stories didn't seem so far off. What happened between then and now? How did magic become merely a device for Disney to make a profit? And four-leaf clovers became so rare we stopped even bothering to look. 
We stay up late, keep the curtains closed in the cosmos. They say money can't buy happiness, but it's starting to replace it. We shy away from opportunities because we finally learned what fear was. Our dresses remain clean, and we don't drink chocolate milk. We close our fists and turn our eyes from the skies. We don't have time for staring contests so our galaxies flicker and dim, and your favorite word became because. Except for a few. Some people never did stop daydreaming. They still wish on dandelions, though some may call them childish, and wander forests in their free time because their curiosity surpasses their fears. They love for the sake of loving. Their joy does not need anyone's justification. And most of all, they still ask questions. Change is all around us, all the time. It is what we live and breathe. As a science nerd, I love the saying, change is the only constant, because that's the truth. Change is scary, I'll admit that, but without it, progress and growth would be impossible. Change and growth are the driving forces in life, pushing us forward to the next discovery, the next crucial part of history, the next step in our own lives. Without change, people would never grow, plants would never blossom, and none of us would be where we are today. In my 15 years, change has been one of the best and worst things to happen to me. It has saved my life and made it infinitely harder. Change has let me breathe again, while at the same time, it has taken my breath away and refused to give it back. But most of all, I have learned to love and appreciate the constant state of change in the world, because without it, I have no idea who I would be. When I was in sixth grade, change took over my life. Just after the second semester of sixth grade had started, my parents told me that I was switching schools. This news was welcomed with tears, excitement, and relief, but most of all, fear. I had been having problems at school for a little while, fighting back against a system that no longer worked for me, and fighting back against a teacher who no longer taught me. Even though I was glad to get away from that school and get another go with this whole learning thing, I had never known any different than my tiny private school, and that scared me more than I can explain. So in February of sixth grade, I was abruptly pulled from the school that I had attended for eight and a half years, ripping me apart from my friends and much of my identity at the time. To me, switching schools mid-year felt like being thrown into the Atlantic Ocean in the middle of a storm. I was alone, scared, and more vulnerable than I have ever been. As I was tossed around in the stormy waters of public school, otherwise known as star tests and cafeterias, I struggled to swim, or even to keep my head above the water. For those of you who don't know me, I like to win. I like to be the best at everything I do. So as I watched the other kids, most of whom had been in public school for their entire lives, navigate this world with ease, I felt like somewhat of a failure. I saw the other students around me, excelling at school and in sports, swimming through life gracefully as I struggled to find my next class. Eventually, though, I memorized my schedule and I stopped getting lost on my way to classes. I found my group of friends and I stopped feeling lonely all the time. But most of all, my mind moved on from my old school. Although I will never forget the experiences I had there, both good and bad, I don't think about them as often as I used to. In sixth grade, I realized that my new school, friends, and teachers had been my saving grace and exactly what I needed. 
It wasn't until seventh grade, though, when I truly accepted the change that had turned my life upside down and shaken it around a few times. And at that point, I started to really love what had become of all the shaking. My new school gave me confidence I never knew I had. My friends taught me how to laugh like I hadn't laughed in a long time. And my teachers taught me how to breathe and how to live again. If you ask anyone who knew me when I was a student at my old school, and who knows me now, they will undoubtedly agree when I say that I am a completely different person. Although switching schools was one of the most painful things I have been through, if I was in the same situation now, I wouldn't do anything differently. Public school gave me my life back, led me to my best friends, my mentors, and my teachers. My experience when I was in middle school forced me to fall back on the amazing support system that I have in the Unitarian Universalism world. My close friends, some of whom sit with me here today, and some of whom live four, five, or even six hours away, exist in my life only because of this church and my other UU communities. Today, I am a freshman at Austin High School. Today, I am part of the Academy for Global Studies, and today, I am one of the top students in the biomedical science program. Today, I am 100% positive that I want to go into the medical field. And today, I am 100% positive that I want to work with children as part of my job. But I would not be or know any of this today had it not been for the immense change that swept through my life yesterday. Change has been and will continue to be the only constant in my life and in yours. It is the force that keeps us going and refuses to forget anyone. Change is the reason that we grow, adapt, and adjust to our world in the best possible way. Drastic, painful change is the reason that most of my closest friends are my closest friends. Change has forced me to grow into the person that I am today, and I could not be happier. Although it can be scary, change is necessary. It causes, us, it causes growth and allows us to live. So I ask you, embrace change and learn to love it for all it has to offer. Growing up a human is a lot like a tomato plant I once had. A few years ago, my family decided to leave to have our very own garden in our backyard. We grew things like squash and tomatoes and peppers. We would harvest them, and I would proudly bring my harvested tomatoes to school and give them to my teachers, and I would go on long speeches about how much we had to get to get this one handful of tomatoes. It is my own take on trying to be a teacher's pet. Now we fast forward a few years, and our little home garden is pretty much a heap of dirt that has grass growing on it. I plan to eventually get myself out there again and get my garden back up and running. Key word being eventually. Now the real reason for why I am telling you a story about a little home garden, besides that it goes so comedically well with the theme of this service, is that I hadn't realized how much my life related to this tiny garden. Just like this garden falling apart, my life fell apart. Along with dealing with the normal hormonal roller coaster that is teenagehood, I also had my family life completely turned over in front of me. There were so many nights that I cried myself to sleep, wondering what I had done or what my family members had done to deserve any of what was going on. I watched a sibling, who was the strongest person I knew, fall defeated to none other than themselves. I watched my mom have to handle things that no mother deserves to go through. I watched my happy, sunflowery self become wilted and sad. My 17-year-old self was an abandoned garden. But the thing is, throughout the years that this tomato plant was left unattended, a tomato plant was able to persevere through it. This tomato plant made it through the Austin droughts and the Austin floods, 
and the freezes and heat waves that sometimes happened in the same week because we live in Austin, and that is what Austin does. Um, uh, like this tomato plant, I dealt with my own winter freezes. My winter freeze took shape as depression and feeling lonely and cold. This tomato plant and I went through our roots what keep us stable, getting frozen, and our happy bright leaves falling off. Like this tomato plant, I, once, I went through a drought. My drought was the feeling like I just may not make it to the finish line or the next cycle of seasons. This little tomato plant wasn't able to see whether or not it would make it, just like I did. Life is rough, but like this little tomato plant, I have shown the grit to get through it no matter the circumstance. I feel as if everyone is a plant in their own way. My mother being a giant tree with roots that go so deep into the earth that I know I am safe to lean on her. My siblings and I grew apart as we grew up, just as plants need space to, in order to live. We all made it, just as that tomato plant did. While my life still life's on, I have realized that I don't have to grow on my own. Just like plants have bees, ladybugs, and spiders, and many other critters to help them grow, I have friends, mentors, and this church to help me on my way of life. I have skills like making sure I get myself in a safe place before my life enters a hard freeze, just like we put hooped covers over plants to protect them from the cold. Life is going to keep going, whether I like it or not. And plants are still going to need to be tended to, just as, like, just as my life will need assistance at times. As I plant more tomato plants, I will always think of that tiny tomato plant that seemingly made it through everything I could imagine. And I will think of it the next time my life hits another drought or flood. Life is all about change. It's commonplace and a vital part of the way we live. Change is scary and many people dislike it. But the thing is, if none of us ever changed, and if none of us ever grew, we wouldn't be where we are today. I wouldn't be where I am today, and you certainly wouldn't be where you are today. Without change and without growth, I would be stuck. Stuck in a mindset that rendered me incapable of learning. Stuck between a rock and a hard place simply because I refused to find another way. I don't want to be stuck. I want to do things, discover things, change things, even though it's scary. When I was between the ages of 11 and 14, I stared down the barrel of many a change. In the fifth grade, my parents told me they were going to take me out of public school and enroll me in online school with some others for my sixth grade year. Part of me was excited, part of me was sad, and the other part of me, the biggest part of me, was terrified of everything that was about to change. I was only 11, I didn't really have a say, and I didn't really try to argue too much about it. Bought my uniform, I learned how to use the program, and I walked into my new school with a bunch of other kids my age that were even more scared than I was. I quickly became close to all of them, and we remain friends to this day, one of them is even on the verge of graduating now, and I couldn't be more proud. But still, it was terrifying to lose everything I was accustomed to in the public school system. After two years of using online school, after I'd mastered the software and the format, after I'd made lifelong friends, after I loved where I was at this point in time, we disbanded. I had to change everything again. I had to start over again. 
So I bought the new uniform I needed for this new school. I went to my orientation and walked in and became friends with the first girl I noticed to smile at me. She welcomed me to her group, and the amount of relief that I felt when they later called me their friend made everything okay. It made all the changes I'd endured okay. Sadly, she and I stopped being friends after about six months, which still really hurts me. But without that horrible and awful change, I wouldn't have gotten even closer with another girl who became my best friend, to whom I also remain very close. As scary as it was, and as much as it hurt, it was definitely worth it. I'd never had a friendship abruptly end before, and then all of a sudden, I had. She and I slowly became friendly again, but we never got back to being actual friends. Never got back to being close. On the last day of school, an enormous group of us wanted to take what we called our family photo, and the girl I was no longer friends with was a part of it. We all huddled together, snapped the picture, and then, all going our separate ways, we started heading to our cars to go home for the summer. But then, I heard my name, called in a voice that hadn't been spoken to me in months. I turned around, and there she was. Hopeful, welcoming, but most of all, changed. She opened her arms for a hug, and we both pulled each other in, oh so tightly, as if to make up for all the lost time. But what has stuck with me ever since is what she whispered in my ear between each of our sobs. Thank you. I couldn't believe what I'd heard, so I said, for what? A response? For everything. Even though we weren't friends anymore, even though we still aren't, even though it took every bit of courage she could muster to say those two words, thank you, even though neither of us could ever admit until now. That experience allowed us to grow. Not only apart, but within ourselves. The old her never would have been able to utter those words. But she wasn't the old her anymore. She was the bigger person. She allowed the experience to change her, as did I. In the beginning, this whole issue kind of drowned me. It hurt so bad, and I was gasping for air, but there was nothing. So badly, I wanted to make up but I wanted to maintain my pride and keep saying I was right even more. I kept gasping, hoping to rescue this friendship, this person, but eventually, as you do, I ran out of air. I was devastated that we had both given up on each other, on ourselves, but this allowed me to approach my new school, yes, another one, with no guilt, nothing holding me back, and nothing to weigh me down. See, there's a stigma around growing up, around aging, becoming an adolescent, and later an adult, even just maturing. Because it means you're not a kid anymore. It means you're about to enter the world with all your rights and all your freedoms, and the world is now yours to experience, and no one can control you or stop you, and it's scary. But the thing I've learned as I've grown up, all these 16 years, <laughs> is that growing up is freeing. Sure, it's scary. 
change is scary. New is scary. Different is scary. The unknown is scary. Everything in the world is scary. But growth, as people, is the only thing that can save us from a numbingly monotonous life where the only real growth is your height. I'm not scared. I'm not scared to be a better person. I'm not scared to become more understanding. And I'm not scared to grow. I'm only scared to stay the same forever. I want to grow. I want to change. Every day is a learning opportunity. How could I fear that? Growth is what the world is made of. We can all grow because we are the world. The young, the old, the everywhere in betweens. We can all grow. It's what makes the world go round. We gather here to celebrate a time of transition for the youth in our congregation. Today we honor one young person as she moves into adulthood. Unitarian Universalists understand that significant transitions in our lives are to be celebrated, and this is one of them. This bridging ceremony is not a farewell, but rather a celebration of the blossoming of our most precious resources into full adulthood. This is an opportunity for us to recognize Mara Moore's to applaud her successes thus far, to acknowledge her, and to wish her happiness and satisfaction in what is to come. It is an opportunity to make sure that she knows we are with her, whether she stays close or goes far from here. This ritual also honors the dedication of this religious community to provide a liberal spiritual home for our children. We recognize the love of parents and families, the commitment of teachers and advisors, and the contributions of time, money, and support of every one of you. Without this dedication, we would not be here before you this morning. Together, we express our pride to you, Mara, in what you've already accomplished in life and what we know you will accomplish in the future. We celebrate your presence among us and in the world. We celebrate this community that you enrich by your vibrant presence. I would now like to invite Mara to come stand with me. The bridging ceremony is a rite of passage that welcomes this bright and energetic person into the rewards and responsibilities of adult life. The bridge has two sides. One is childhood and adolescence, where Mara has become a leader and role model for her younger friends and acquaintances. The other side is scary and vast frontier of the unknown, full of boundless opportunities and new challenges. We, the adult members of this church community, also stand on the other side. We stand on the other side with our arms open to welcome Mara, our minds prepared to mentor and to learn from her, and our hearts prepared to share life together with her. Mara, we now ask you to walk across the stage and join us as an adult member of this congregation as you continue on your journey. Today, we honor and celebrate our eighth graders as they graduate middle school and begin their high school journeys. I am particularly blessed to be up here today bridging these youth. For those who don't know, when I first started working for this congregation, I was the kindergarten through second grade Sunday school teacher, and these youth are among the first to ever call me Miss Lane. <laughs> Moving from middle school to high school can seem like a scary change. It can seem even scarier when you hear stories about high school from those who have gone before you. While it is true that high school will be full of new experiences and risks, your church family 
knows that you're ready to face whatever challenges are ahead of you. During your high school years, I encourage you to aim high. Dream big, take risks, do not be afraid of failure. There will be times in high school when you fall short of your own expectations, but as long as you are trying your hardest, your parents, your teachers, and this community will be proud of you even when you fail. We will admire you, support you, and cheer for you no matter what happens. As I call your name, please accept a kaleidoscope. Attach it to your school bag. Keep it as a reminder that things will always shift and change, but you can find beauty wherever you find yourself. After you get your kaleidoscope, please go join your fellow high schoolers. <laughs> Isla Ferguson, Lexi Lidecki, Rebecca Milstead, Precious Moores, Cascade Pierce, Dean Windham, and Caitlin Young. High schoolers, we bless you today. May your mind be on fire with wonder and wisdom. May your heart be aflame with love for this life. May your hands be ignited with purpose. And may your spirit be aglow with courage and compassion. You are a light unto the world. Amen and blessed be. Please join me in the words in which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.